Episode 138 of the Drive-By Podcast with Melina Roberge is coming up in just a second. But first, special thanks to our sponsor here at the Drive-By Podcast, Les Delices Lafrenet. Five great Montreal locations and voted top pastry shop and bakery time and time again, number one in Montreal. Check them out for all of your life's precious moments, custom cakes, they make those as well. Go to lesdelicelafrenet.com. This is the Drive-By with Freeway Frank. The Drive-By Podcast, brought to you by Own Space. Hi, Melina. Hi. Nice to see you. Nice to see you. We just started like that, by yeah. the way. <laughs> Good. <laughs> There's no big intro, nothing Perfect. like that. Thank you so much for being on the Drive-By Podcast, episode 138. We've been doing some chatting right behind Melina on the very um, manly man cave couch. <laughs> and then I said, like usual, when I have guests on, we need to stop talking and uh, do this on the podcast. If not, all the good stuff, it's no one's going to hear. Exactly. I mean, even though I really enjoyed our conversation. So, so thanks for coming. In a nutshell, because there's so much stuff that I want to ask you. And your story gained international attention. Mm-hmm. Notorious. You have this notorious yeah. <laughs> story and face now around the world. But I want to cut through a lot of the BS that maybe your typical media outlets that I may have been part of the past, but yep. no longer, you know, painted you and uh, Isabel. We're going to start from the beginning because there's a lot to talk about. Basically, back in 2016, you were on a cruise ship along with five other people mm-hmm. where there may have been some drug, not may have been, there was there some was. drug <laughs> smuggling yeah. involved. So I don't know if the proper term is drug mule or whatever you want to call it, but you, you end up this crew of six people smuggling 95 kilos of cocaine into Sydney, Australia, mm-hmm. and you get caught you go to jail and you spend five years in jail insane yeah when you you know just from the start when you look back at it after i said that can you believe that this is what happened to you do you wake up every morning and does do you still think about it and of course you still think about it, but is it the first thing you think about when you wake up and the last thing you think about when you go to bed or you've moved past that now no i think i've um I don't. I, I wouldn't say I made. I went past it. I just made peace with it because I think for a long time when I came back, it was, I was still dreaming about it. I was waking up in the morning like, stressing out because I thought I was still there, and it, it was just like adapting to my normal life again, um, accepting that I'm back home. But I don't think about it anymore when I wake up or when I go to bed. It's mostly when, just little things like sometimes I'll be walking in Montreal and I see beautiful graffiti or whatnot and i'll be appreciating that or just going out to grab a coffee because it's all things that when i was in jail i was thinking about and i couldn't wait to do and have my my freedom back so it's not necessarily that i think about it all the time it's just like some situations will remind me of how i felt when i was over there Mm -hmm. and to keep being grateful because i think we forget a little bit sometimes um until something happens until something happens and you're like oh i appreciate life yeah for sure and every day we have on this planet yeah it is when i think about it i really do believe and i'm not just saying this i believe it could have happened to anyone Mm. a lot of people 
when you hear people talk about your story, will say, well, they did it, and they had to pay for their mistake, and it was a crime, and they went to jail, and um, you know, they didn't have to make that decision. I'm a true believer that we all make, obviously, we all make mistakes in life, and this was a terrible- Some bigger than others. Wow, this was a massive <laughs> mistake. But yeah. okay, let's go back. So you grew up here in Quebec, in the Montreal area, in Granby, Granby. on the South Shore. So we're- Are you from there? Well, I'm not from there, but I've been living in uh, Brossard right. for, for six 30 years. 30-ish minutes away. Yeah, exactly, yeah. From, from where you are. So you grew up, was your childhood normal? Because I'm trying to understand, okay, yeah, we'll, how we'll this, paint a portrait. Let's paint sure. a portrait because yeah. how did this happen? I want to know. Your childhood was very normal. Mm-hmm. Two very loving normal, parents. Two loving parents, uh, nothing missing, always food on the table. It's just a regular life. Um, but when I was younger, I was someone that struggled a little, a lot with my self esteem. And I, I thought that I wasn't pretty and I was kind of overweight when I was younger and some people would be good at pointing it um, and making me feel um, bad or ugly and that's something that was stuck in me for a long time and still today I think that words are very powerful Mm -hmm. and that's one thing that people have to be careful is because it has more weight than we think most often Um, but yeah I was a bit overweight and went to high school and did my years in high school and at some point I think it was in secondary three secondary three (laughs) um, I started using drugs ecstasy uh, speed whatever because I was in the wrong group of friends obviously and then I started to lose weight and when I started to lose weight, I started to get, like, people were noticing me more. Um, people were telling me that I looked better and got my braces off and felt better about myself. And that's like, I'm putting this in a nutshell. It was, you know, over a few years. Yeah. But um, all in all, when I lost weight, that's when I started to get attention, which I didn't for a very long time. And I loved it. And I always wanted more. And I feel like all the decisions that I was taking was in relation to, was I going to get attention? Or um, was someone going to tell me something that would make me feel good about myself? And when I left high school, I started to work in different jobs. Um, And at some point, I was, that was back in... If I'm not wrong, it was 2013 or 2014 that I started to work for a big jewelry store. Mm. Um, And I was promoted to manager in Montreal. So I was working a lot, 60 hours a week. I was making a really good salary. I was, you know, had my apartment, my car. I had a, a roommate with me and everything was fine. But... A lot of the girls that I used to hang out with were, um, and that's not, like, I'm not judging anybody working in this area, but a lot of them were sex workers. And I was one of the only ones that wasn't in this industry, but I think everybody knows that sex workers make quite a lot Mm -hmm. of money, depending on a lot of things, but generally. Escorting? Or, was, or is the word more? One of them was a stripper as well. Yeah. Like, you know, everything that yeah. surrounds that industry. So you was, were hanging out with escorts, strippers, and. Not by choice. It's all of them were high school friends. Okay. And some of them were childhood friends. Yeah. And I'm sure good people, obviously. Very good people. But and maybe still, we're doing things that they didn't even understand why they were doing it. Exactly. Or some people choose to do that kind of stuff and are okay with it. Yeah. And there's no judgment. Again, yeah. everybody does what they want with their life but 
um with me being around them it you know you see them spending money like it's not a big deal and purses and food and clothes and everything that i was working so hard to get but i had a good salary but it wasn't i wasn't making a ton mm -hmm. <laughs> but i wanted that lifestyle as well so me hanging around them was just feeding me with greed i guess you could say and everything's superficial and that i never asked actually asked myself the question like if ever i get all of that will i actually be happier like if i get all the louis vuitton purses the nice car i can go to the restaurant every day will i feel like i accomplished something or is it all i mean superficial shit is gonna fade away at some point you could have all the purses that you want you can Absolutely. have all the cars that you want If you don't have love in your day-to-day -day life, if you don't feel like you have genuine relationships with people that want you in their life for the right reasons and for who you are and not what you have to you know, bring to the table in terms of money or whatnot, superficial is not the, it's not the key. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? I, I had to learn this the hard way by having all of that taken away from me overnight. And basically. I think a lot of people do learn it eventually some harder than others yeah. you really had to learn it the hard way yeah for sure i mean there's nothing worse than well there is worse there death. is worse death for sure. is you wouldn't sure. you wouldn't be here today no no and i was i was fortunate even though like i went to jail in a, like the country that's the furthest from canada crazy <laughs> you know i mean yeah i had no family over there no <laughs> friends i had one person that i knew and we weren't very very close um once we were incarcerated so you feel very much alone but it could have been worse i could have been arrested in another country could have been sleeping on the floor you know what i mean it's oh yeah australia and canada are pretty much hand in hand in terms of like apparently the system it works pretty much the same way we're both under the queen you know what i mean we, we all have the same privileges yes so i don't think it was hell on earth in terms of where i was living it was mostly people Like who you live with mm -hmm. was the hardest and not yeah. having anybody to like talk to yeah. <laughs> except your family, which you have six minutes a day. It's more, Stupid. it's more the personalities that you encounter in the jail, the day-to-day -day stuff in the jail, but the guards. had you been, can you imagine this happen in a port of Mexico no. or you're a Mexican jail no. or any, any third world country? Those five years would have been, I don't, would have felt I like 20 years. I honestly do not think I would be here today. No, you wouldn't have made it. A lot of people don't make it. I was 22, you know what I mean? Like, I did my best, and at times yeah. I didn't know if I was going to make it out, but I did, fortunately. But I don't think, put me in any other jail that are not, like, we still had a roof over our heads. We had a bed. We had, you know what I mean? Like, the necessities, the basics. Considering you were in jail, it was not a bad no. It environment was, there in australia the environment was disgusting yeah. but the place where you lived like amenities wise was we're, fine they we're all there yeah but let's go back just a tiny bit so you you're in high school yeah. you leave high school and do you move to uh, did you eventually move to the city of montreal yeah so you're, when i was hanging out with the girls i was living in uh, longueuil okay with a roommate and then we started to go out all the time and that was i'm fast forwarding a lot and i'm just noticing that i forget a lot okay of well details, if, if you forget like here's the thing this is a very free form podcast yeah. you forget something i forgot something you very back. important yeah, well, we're rewinding yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we're back so <laughs> after high school i started to study um in sales and i met a guy in school and we were together for two years 
I'm not gonna like make it super long but this particular relationship was very um, toxic in a way that I wasn't allowed to have uh, social media I wasn't allowed to see my friends I wasn't allowed to go in certain places because I found out later on that he would bring other girls to those places and he was scared that the staff would eventually do one plus one and tell me so he was a very controlling very controlling manipulative yeah 100 and i should have left y your age older um when i met him i was probably 17 okay and he was same age so eventually I, i left him and when i left him i felt like an animal in a cage that was finally released and one thing about me and i'm still like that today and that's something i have to work on is if i feel like i'm being pulled back when you let me go i'm gonna like be a thousand percent out there not like a little bit and that's one thing that i don't know why i'm like that and i don't know if it's because you know with my relationship with him but also with jail i feel like any anyone who tries to pull me back it's just gonna make me want to go further even more full force full force which is what you did which is what i did yeah so when i left him i started to go out with my girlfriends that i didn't see for like two years so we went all in going out every weekend we were having bottles paid by whoever was there always free drinks free everything and this is a big thing you were doing this back in the mid 2014 2014 yeah, 15 15 around there yeah This now seems to me, at, at least, to be the norm. 100%. Any, you see it on, I see it on people's Instagrams, but even when I walk into places sometimes, and I, and I have no kids, but I walk in and I go, whoa, what's going it's on crazy. here? And it's bottles everywhere. 100%. And it's icy. This is what I see. Older men, younger women. Mm -hmm. And I imagine the men are, not imagine, I know the men are paying <laughs> for everything. And so this yeah. has become almost like a, a culture. It's normal. It's a normal. It's been normalized. Back then, maybe not as it still was. It but was, not but as not much. A, now. It's like the norm. Mm. So you're okay. So you're hanging out in nightclubs. Yeah. Okay. Only. <laughs> only in nightclubs. Pretty much every single day, I would go to bed at three, four a.m. and I was working at eight. Always going. I was always going going to work. I would never call off or sick or whatnot. And I was just doing having that lifestyle that I thought was what I wanted for a long time. Because I felt seen, you know, you go in a club and guys think you're cute and they get you some free drinks and tell you're pretty and that's... That's it. That's it, <laughs> pretty much. You don't get anything else but compliments. Um, and then this one night, one of my friends um, invited me to dinner at this restaurant in Montreal and I said yes. And I went there and this older man was um, sitting at the table and she told me prior to me arriving there that this guy was there and he was always paying for everybody that was eating with him like how, however many people there were at the table he, he was a rich bring, man and he was he a rich was, man and he would take he the bill to be in the company exactly of younger women yeah so this guy was what how old he was in, in his f end of 40s maybe okay beginning of 50s something like that um so i went there and i was i wasn't sitting right in front of him at the beginning so we didn't really talk we introduced ourselves at the beginning and that was it and i was talking to my friend all night and at some point we all started to do like musical chair and talking to everybody that was there and i ended up being in front of him and he was asking me how i was and what my life looked like and i was i just got out of the relationship with my ex so i told him out of that and he was like oh my god like you're too pretty to have gone through that and you should, you deserve so much better blah 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 and, and how old are you now at this point i was 20 20 years old yeah 19 or 20 okay. i think around that um and then we went out after he paid 
for everybody we went out bottles everything and we gave each other's number now can i ask you okay yeah what's going on in your mind in terms of this is something that you weren't used to you're hanging out with these girls that are hanging out with these older men Mm -hmm. in this case this individual that you met and in your mind i'm gonna be straight up go you're using him or you you're interested in him I'm not interested. In a weird way. You're just interested in what I he's giving you. I just don't care. Yeah, but he, you like the fact that you're getting free stuff. Yeah, for sure. Who wouldn't at yeah, that point? But yeah. in the same, I wasn't the only one that was, you know, if, if he would have only paid for my bill, it would have been weird to me. And he I, was I paying don't think for a bunch of girls. everybody, okay. you know what Your I mean? Whole so I wasn't singled out. Uh, that night, there was guys too. Okay. We, we would have been like 10 or 12 people around the table, something mm-hmm. like that. And it was so awesome. Like that night was so cool. We had so much fun. Um, but yeah, and then from that point on, we stayed in contact. And pretty much every week, he would go out to dinner with friends, girlfriends, whatever. Like I was never ever alone with him ever. And he would just be like, "Oh, tonight we're going there if you want to join." And then I'd finish work, go home, get ready, have a glass of wine, and leave. Did you ever think there was an ulterior motive? Ever, never, never, ever. Not even it didn't even Not cross your even. mind. What's this? older guy want from me no because Beautiful young woman. like i said it's not only me if i was the one and only person that he would invite to dinner and pay everything i mean there's no such thing as a free meal you know what i mean like if someone's inviting you unless he's like interested in being in a relationship there's no reason why he would pay everything all the time mm-hmm. but back then we were always a group like he would invite his girlfriends and he would invite me and we would end up being like six or seven his girlfriends yeah, he only had like he had a few guy friends, but yeah. mostly we were always girls with him and maybe like two guys. And it was always the same thing every week, every week, every week. It's it never changed. So why would I have had a red flag? Did, you did, know what I mean? Um, did he have a business? Did you know what he did? I or never never asked. I did ask. He he told me he was um working in jewelry, but like some sort of online stuff. Okay. I didn't really care to be honest. Like and that's one thing today that I'm very <laughs> particular <questions>. about. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so you don't yeah. know, I mean, to be fair, yeah. at that age, when I was that young, now looking back, I go, what was I thinking at half the stuff? You know, you do stupid things. And you think you, really you know do. everything. Yeah, you think you know yeah. everything, and uh, you have no fear of, uh, you know, death. <laughs> you People jump out of planes, yeah. do this. I went on a stunt plane. I always talk about it, doing flips in the air. In mm-hmm. hindsight, now looking back, going, what was I thinking of all this? Or, <laughs> you know, you do, I, I spent a lot of time in Vegas when I was younger. I had uh, the last um, guest on this podcast, Rick and I, uh, we used to go to Vegas all the time. And we, you know, we were talking about that, just crazy things that we ended up doing. Not our character, right? For me, it was more about the gambling in Vegas and the hanging out and the great meals. And I mean, it's know. one thing to want to live yeah like a trip to vegas i think everybody wants to go to vegas at yes. some point because everybody talks about it in such it's such a big deal yeah. for but you know for me back then when i think about it and what i think is so stupid right now is i'm so far from all of that you know i'm so far from the girl that i was at 22 and i always ask myself like what did i really want like what was my purpose? what were you searching for what was yeah. i searching yeah. for and I think that's the one thing you're talking about the the generation right now. The biggest problem right now, I think, is that girls and guys. You know, I'll give you an example. You're you're gonna go to a high school and you'll ask a bunch of guys, "What do you want to do in your life?" I'm pretty sure 
80% of them are going to say, I want to be an entrepreneur. Do you know what, do you know what that means? Yeah. Do you know the sacrifices? Do you know the, you don't count the hours, you know, it's people don't know why they want things, but they just want it because it's popular. Mm -hmm. And same for the girls. The girls don't want to have A's and B's in their grades. They want to have 50,000 uh, followers on Instagram or TikTok. And they think that this is what's going to build them into being a, a great adult and have a career. And I'm not saying it's not true because I'm on Instagram all the time and I spend a lot of hours on Instagram, but I invest those hours for me for my job to work mm -hmm. and my job is to be a hairdresser and to build up my clientele so this is this is a tool for me it's not my life you know what i mean instagram mm -hmm. if it crashes tomorrow i still have a whole bunch of girls that are coming to me already and i'll just find another way to get more but we have to use it as a tool and not a necessity in our day-to-day -day life especially if you're only using it for entertainment mm -hmm. you know so Back then, I think that's what was driving me is that I was looking at my Instagram and my algorithm and everything that would go through my <laughs> me screen. Me too, I look at it all the time. <laughs> right? And I'm an old guy. <laughs> But I was seeing all these girls yeah. that had perfect bodies, perfect life, cars, money, course, guys yeah. with big ass flowers coming to them every day and think this is real life and this is what I want. But why? Do I really care? I didn't give a fuck. Yeah. Even today, I'm so good in my life. I have my own place. I have my dog. I don't need anybody to bring me flowers. I can buy myself flowers. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, where I'm going with that is everything that I was doing back then was driven by superficial... Superficiality. Everything. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And after hanging around this guy for a while, he started to introduce me to his friends, his guy friends. And um, just lowering the mic so that we could see your see face. face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He would introduce me to some of his friends and um, and that was like maybe a year in that we knew each other. And mind you, this guy became my really good friend saying like we never were sexually intimate together. We never kissed. We never slept together in the same bed. It was truly a friend. This um, older gentleman. Yes. Okay. I find. Okay. I'm from the school of thought. Mm -hmm. Generation X, when I was, you know, back in the day, your age group, even though I was a guy, if I was hanging out with a woman, or if I were single today, and, and I'm hanging out with somebody that's way, way younger than me, there's got, there has to be a motive for doing it. Most of the time, it's because men are into younger women. Yeah. Okay? But this never, so this really never crossed your mind. You never, oh, he just wants to be my friend, because I don't believe men and women Can truly be friends and this is not the woman's fault this mm -hmm. is the guys you know at some point the guy's gonna fall for you but you didn't even think for a no, second because he was never he never actually behaved in a way that i would think he was into me so he ever. just wanted to hang out with you yes he, and also let's say on thursday and saturday i couldn't be there because i had other plans he would still post stories with other girls okay and he was always the same with everybody he was just a I nice mean? guy he was just a nice guy mm. that was friendly with everyone everybody knew him like he was welcomed in every single places we went to montreal everybody knew him you know so no there was no red flags and to be honest was i opened to look at red flags not really very honestly like mm. i was not aware of anything else but my own self and what i look like And it's sad. And that also, I think, is a big problem nowadays, is that we're driven 
with the looks of everything like your instagram page has to be perfect oh, when yeah. you make when you film yourself like doing a video you have to put a filter because otherwise we're going to see your pimple like right. come on yeah we you don't know? you don't have to do that but no. people think that way i know because they want to portray themselves as being you said it perfect mm -hmm. and then everybody what happens after everybody it's a disease everybody sees oh i see a uh, melina yeah. on uh, on social media look how good look at this life she has i want that life too yeah. but you know With that life comes problems, and we don't see any of the struggles. No. We only see on everybody's social media, we see the, the perfect exactly. life. Exactly. And that's what people need to, to yeah. understand, right? And If even, they today, don't even today, yeah. when you look at my Instagram and what I post, people probably think, oh my God, she's got it all now. Like so, She's doing so good. No, darling. Like I cry almost, not every day, but I cry often. Not because I'm sad, just because it's hard. Shit is hard absolutely life is hard life is hard and it's full of struggles and you know i still have a lot of things that i have to work on in terms of not doing things for other people's happiness like think always about me first and how i feel in those situations and not always try to save everybody i feel like i met and i don't know if that's because of my past and what i've been through but i feel like you attract people that are like you without even wanting it. So I feel like all my past relationships yeah. that I had, like mm -hmm. recently, they're all with people that have massive issues and had a, a big past and have still have a lot <laughs> to <laughs> heal. And I, I took on that as a mission, thinking that I could help these people, but putting my own happiness on the side to help them and like, major consequences came out of this not like things that you can see but in my head like it affected me so hard and i decided to just pull back and let them go because it just wasn't healthy for me even though it broke my heart because i thought i know i can help them but to what to what extent am i going to go and how unhappy am i going to be for someone else's happiness you know what i mean mm -hmm. we're deviating so much from the first subject no no I, and <laughs> Look, when you're doing, this is a, we're just talking. <laughs> it's not an interview. I don't have like, look, I don't have I know. questions. Notes. <laughs> I, every guest that comes in here is like, what are you going to ask? You know, they'll ask, we, we where are your know. questions? I go, I don't, I don't have questions. <laughs> I mean, I'm prepared. Yeah. I'm very aware of who you are, what happened to you and your story. And I want to get the truth out. You know, your book is called Sans Filtre. I don't have no, a filter. No filter, right? No, that's one of my big problems yeah. too. No, it's not a problem. It's great yeah. because well, sometimes it gets you into trouble. It does. But, or it gets anybody. I have no filter. <laughs> But uh, I think people appreciate honesty and independent thinking. And that's mm. what the drive-by podcast is about, is to be free and talk about what you want. Yeah, today you've removed yourself for, from that kind of influence, yeah. you know, which, which was obviously a bad influence. But going back to, so you're hanging out yes. with this guy, older gentleman in the, the nightclubs. He's paying for you, not only you, a bunch of other girls mm -hmm. who are in your, in your circle, Uh, drinks. Uh, I imagine the designer gifts as well, stuff not like really. that. Not really. No, mostly, mostly taking food and dinners and bottles, whatnot. Yeah, not and hanging out. Yeah, drugs. No, no drugs. No, no, no. I wasn't using. Okay, I'm still not. But I never. I was never like a drug user. Okay, so you never. When I was in high school, and then okay. I stopped after then you a stopped. year. And yeah, and then he and he was someone that I would call whenever something would happen to my family, and vice versa. He would talk to me about his wife, and you know, to me, he was a he was a friend, a genuine friend. So he was married. Um, I don't know if he was. I can't remember if he was married. I know. I know he has, or he had. I don't know anymore. He had a he had someone in his life that wasn't in Canada. Mm -hmm. 
she was in another country and he found it really hard to have like a long distance relationship is that true i don't even know anyway um so yeah we would talk about everything personal every you know financial struggles or whatnot and that's probably my fault for opening up too much with him maybe about so you told them about i was struggling and like i wanted to you know it was pissing me off that the girls were able to get themselves everything they wanted and i was working 60 hours a week and couldn't even afford whatever i wanted you know and then at some point he introduced me to one of his friends um we were in a restaurant one night and he introduced me to him and then i became close to him as well so we were like always the three of us with a bunch of other people and i think it was a few i'm really struggling with like time frames because it's been so long um but i think a few months later this second guy that i met that was his friend um we were eating dinner at an indian restaurant in montreal and he he told me to come with him and we sat down and he's like i might have something for you that could help you financially and blah blah blah. and some things happened in my family back then as well that they needed money for for an issue and he said there's this trip that you could do and told me that there was drugs involved and it was about bringing it to another country and i started to laugh and i was like are you fucking crazy i would never (laughs) never wait i was laughing because i thought I thought he was joking, you know what I mean? So wait, he, he, they, he comes right out and but says But he's a friend, you, mind you. Yeah. Like, we've had so many... Yeah. You know, to me, I was like, bro, never. And then he was like, all right, whatever. Like, if ever you change your mind, I have something. For, like, it was just... It but, was such a small... It was never, like, no amount was ever talked discussed. about. Never discussed no. an amount. Never discussed which country, how, when, you know. It was how just it was going like, to be executed. But he no. basically told the truth. This is what we're looking yeah. at, at doing. Yeah. But you, in, in your mind, you're not I thinking was never, international. Never. <laughs> Trust never. Yeah. And I used to watch those shows yeah. with my mom, like locked up abroad. And me and my mom used to not laugh at people, but we used to think like, <laughs> what the hell were they thinking? What's wrong with you these know? people? How? Yeah. Um, it's so, crazy how then that turns around. and uh, Yeah, it's insane. And I think yeah. like from memory, it was beginning 2016. Okay. Like January or... The beginning of the year 2016. That he talked about it. 2016 being, I would imagine, the worst year, no doubt, of your (laughs) life, right? Uh, Or what? No, or. Honestly, no. No. Afterwards. (laughs) 2017 and 18. uh, Yeah, we'll talk about it. 19, 20, 21. Yeah. yeah. uh, But that worst. I wouldn't say the worst. It was the year the decision was made to to do that, which got you into some of the worst years of your life. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I said no. And I started to date. Um, my ex in January as well. Oh no, I started dating him in March. Same guy you were dating when you were 17. No, another new, ex. new guy. Yeah. New guy. Yeah. So started to date this guy in 2017. I moved in with him in his house, and it was a very up and down relationship. I'm so bad at relationships, clearly. Um, and um, and I was talking about it to my friend how like I was pissed off with his behavior and whatnot, and then he told me at some point he's like, listen, if you need to like chill out and relax um i could fly you to morocco and you can spend a week with my guy friends over there they have a mansion or whatever um so i was like okay and he told me that i would get introduced to the people that was or were organizing the thing that his other friends spoke to me about in january and he's like they, they're just gonna explain it to you and if ever you change like he's like i guess you're saying no because you don't know anything about it but he's like 
if you need, they can tell you more about it and you can So the think. boyfriend at the time was part of No, 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 he no. Just he's knew, out. He, he, he just, didn't know anything actually. He didn't know anything. No. Okay. I'm just trying to understand he wanted you to go there to to, to spend time at this mansion where you would meet the executor's My friend. Yeah. the friend of yeah. the plan. Forget the boyfriend. The, Forget boyfriend, the boyfriend is not in the in the plan at okay. all. Um, Crazy. The story just keeps getting. I know, um, but like I said, I'm I'm like leaving out a lot of details that in the book make sense. Like it's very well explained, and and I talk a lot about like how I was feeling and what sort of emotions I was going through and in my head, and it it helps you understand like where my head was at back then and why I was so careless about those decisions. Um, so initially I said, oh, I don't know if I'm going to go, whatever. And then one day got into a big fight with my boyfriend and I called my friend. I was like, you know what? I want to go to Morocco. I need a break. So I flew to Morocco, spent the whole week there, never spoke to anybody. Nobody ever spoke to me about nothing. We just drank and partied until 7 a.m. every day. A lot of girls? Few girls, but guys too. There was no like, not more girls than guys. It mm -hmm. was pretty much 50-50. But the um, girls were from Quebec or No, no, no. Some girls were all from The girls parts. were all from that. I was pretty much the only one okay. from Quebec that did, that You, th that you think that was uh, well, well, it would become maybe a recruitment party like where I they were guess, they no, wanted, I know it was it part was. of it. It was. So basically sure. they were trying to figure out who we could convince to do this maybe yeah. from the girls that were And there. I think And it was Isabel there too? No. No. And I think um you could tell I was a very loyal friend like some some situations happened in Montreal like I don't know one of the 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 friend that I had would get into an argument with another guy at a bar and I was always defending him you know what I mean it's like mm -hmm. I was very protective protective of my friends so I think that that's a good quality for a mule I guess <laughs> <laughs> they, they recognize that um so yeah I spent the week in Morocco and then I came back and life went on um And I think it's in July. Hang on, let me puzzle this back together. The cruise ship was leaving on the 7th of July. And two weeks before the departure of the cruise, the guy that spoke to me about that thing initially called me. And he's like, Melina, the cruise that's supposed to leave in July, there's one person that can't go anymore. So there was um, five Is that right? Or seven? Oh my God. Well, according to, uh, I, I watched some documentary, yeah. French documentary, and they said it was six people. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So two per room. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> and you were in the room. Okay, so first of all, the person that you were, that 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 was implicated in this was Isabelle yeah. Legacy. Yeah. Okay, and so you were in a room together. Yeah. Two other guys were in another room, and, and two, two other, other guys. guys in another room. Yeah, exactly. On but the princess, initially, princess cruise. Yeah. Okay. But initially, I wasn't supposed to be there. So one of the guys that were on the cruise, one of a part of the six people, he couldn't go anymore. So they called me two weeks before and they were like, we really need you to go. Would you be able to? And I was like, hang on, that's a two month cruise. I'm a manager for a jewelry store. Like I can't just leave for two months. And he was like, well, if you're, if it's something you would consider, just look at what you could do and then let me know. Two month cruise around the world. It's 50... Two days. 52 days, literally 
starting paid starting in england going across uh, the ocean at some point uh getting to the port of uh well, i'm not gonna mention you all were the doing ports. like new uh, york ireland then, new york yeah. boston bermuda like you would go yeah. down through Chile, the caribbean yeah and, and then, then uh, south america easter island yeah and then across the ocean the Polynesia, pacific new zealand and yeah. then australia wild wild 52 days i, I believe the ticket price was twenty-two thousand a ticket yeah from, according to the investigative journalists these tickets were paid for for the six people at some travel agency yeah. from what i understand yeah. what i read about in okay cash. so <laughs> i think red flags going up all over the place in cash i didn't yeah. know that at the time yeah, no, of course not. Uh, so for you this is the the trip of a lifetime i mean when when are you going to get an opportunity why would to go you say no world, right? right exactly <laughs> and you're thinking what, what could this possibly be you're yeah. not thinking no 95 kilos of thinking. cocaine you're not thinking 60 million no, dollars mind street you, no value one, no one ever um talked that. about Explain quantity that. ever no. so and that was probably one thing i should have inquired, inquired. <laughs> looking back <laughs> even if it were uh, but we didn't really uh, have anything kilo, to do you know, with we we didn't have much implication in like we weren't supposed to touch anything, anything. we were just there to make it look like we're all on vacation together. Okay, you know so, I mean? so none of the bags, how many bags were there that they found? I don't know. You in, don't know. Our, in our suitcase, it was um, 23 kilos that we had. In your suitcase? In our suitcase, Both your in suitcases? our cabin. No, in no, your, no, just one. One suitcase we in the cabin. And suitcase. you were told, was it, obviously it was locked. Uh, you were told, don't touch it. Don't, it was just yeah, there. Yeah, pretty okay. much. Uh, no part of you, you and Isabel, were you like nervous? I was freaking out. What do you mean? <laughs> well, this, uh, this is what I'm trying to understand. No, 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 like, I'm not, for me, I'm I'd not be made freaking, of rocks. Yeah, like, I would be I was freaking, freaking out. At that out. But yeah. especially because it wasn't like we weren't supposed to have anything in the room in the first place. Like we were not supposed to touch it. We were not supposed to have anything. So the, the plans. So basically, we went around the world. Um, I said yes to, to go. I took off my job. I, I was just like, I want to go. Like, what did you tell your parents? I told my parents that my friend found this, um, how do you say, like, uh, this big special on a cruise. Like, the more people there are, the less expensive it is. And he wanted to offer me some sort of bullshit that, <laughs> big thanks to my parents, never believed me. Wow. But I was the most hard-headed person you would ever meet. And nothing you could tell me would make me change my mind. And today, I am not. Depending, it depends. But today, I, I worked on that a lot. Um And I should have listened to my mom and my dad, and I didn't. They knew I was bullshitting them. They knew it wasn't true, but what, like, what could they do? You know, they, they had no idea what it was. They just thought, there's no way someone's going to pay a cruise for you. And not want something and not, in return. You know, yeah, and something, which makes so much sense. Of course, now it makes in hindsight. You're like, <laughs> it makes so much sense. Um, but yeah, and it was, and I said yes. I left my job, and I went. And... How did you meet or when did you meet Isabel? It was uh, two, if I'm not wrong, it was two months before. Like we knew each other. From the I saw clubs? her a few times. Yeah, okay. in the nightclubs, but we would never, we never like were friends. I didn't know her much. She was 28 at the time and I was 22. So we still had a few years um, difference and she had her own group of friends. I had mine. So we we basically got to know each other when we got on the cruise together. The, the media, okay, so Legacy Media, or what was formerly known as mainstream media, uh, portrayed you both. You know, they called you, okay, there, there were Porn many. Star? 
Well, there are many headlines. <laughs> there the, the, as a matter of fact, what the biggest one was the cocaine cuties, yeah. which hit international I news. I cannot stand it. Uh, what's the other one I saw? The um, Well, yeah, they, they labeled Isabel as a porn star yeah. and you as escort. an escort. Yeah. Also because when... So this is basically... That was the hardest thing for me to deal with when I came back as well. Was she a porn star? No, she was never. She was like doing maybe pre Both of us were never porn stars okay. in the sex industry doing that stuff. at all. Okay. No. Is um, it because you were hanging, like you said at the beginning of the podcast, you were hanging with people who were doing it? Yeah. When we received the brief of evidence, the police obviously in Canada were doing their own investigation and they, f- they went through all the people that I was hanging out with and they assumed... They basically wrote, we think that she might be in either escort industry or have a pimp or whatever. Mm -hmm. Which wasn't wasn't the case. Never. And that's pretty much where it started. And I guess like, as I mentioned, when I was in court, when I pleaded guilty, I called my friend in Montreal, um, my sugar daddy, because that was our defense. And a sugar daddy can be a lot of things. You know what I mean? You don't have to be sexually... So I hear, I hear that the ones today, there's a lot of them not there's a lot of providing them. And, sex. And even, you know, it's, there's so many defi- different definitions that you could use as to say someone's your sugar daddy. I said that because he would literally pay all my dinners and pay alcohol. And it's not necessarily, and even an escort, like if you actually look at the definition of an escort, it's not a sexual, escorting someone is, a, you, you, you're, you're tagging along. Yeah. So your arm candy. Exactly. Yeah. So this is what we, because we had to portray like my life back in Montreal for my defense, and this is the choice of words that we used, and that's what also followed me back here when I came back, and also during the whole investigation, and a lot of things that you know, just saying that someone's a porn star, it's fucking wrong if you don't know for a fact Mm -hmm. that she is because even though we don't have a criminal record here we only have one in australia if isabel wants to find a job here i don't think that everybody's gonna want to hire a formal escort or a formal formal porn star Mm -hmm. this is really big words and it's not true (laughs) and it's fucked up that the media said all of that and even Isabel did a documentary and in her documentary it was a three-part documentary and they went back to Australia and they interviewed people that were on the cruise with us and they interviewed um, a few channels I can't remember which one it was like they asked whoever was doing the interviews or whoever was talking about our story they were like why did you say all those things and they were like because that's what that's why people listen to it and watch the show that's exactly why and it sucks it sucks and they said we milked it like it was the perfect story two young girls on a cruise ship around the world in bikinis and importing cocaine and all everyone's tweeting about it and blah 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 saying it was a massive cocaine cocaine whatever like i saw cocaine cuties cocaine cowgirls all this stuff exactly escorts that's the one i hated that's another one yeah Uh, yeah. You're not even from Alberta, Calgary, or Texas, <laughs> but now you're wearing a cowboy hat. <laughs> but no, it, it was, look, having worked in the media, I know what's, they want what's juicy. They want the juicy yeah. headline. Even doing a morning show, you know, we'd say it a certain way. How are you going to execute it? We'd come up with it and they'd say, well, no, say it this way. 
because if you say it this way, mm. it's juicier. So yeah, that's sure. what media is going to do. Which so is, you weren't a porn star. You weren't no. an escort. You were hanging around in that milieu of people. And you were hanging with a man who technically was providing you with a lot of stuff, food mostly, and drinks, and in this case, mm -hmm. a trip. A sugar daddy minus, you're saying, no, no, no sexual, sexual relationship. Never, okay. ever. Yeah. And little brackets, I don't hate the media. Still your job. Like, this is what you do, and they, they do have to get views and stuff, and I don't hate on anybody. And, I mean, the book that I wrote is with... A media person. Yeah. Yeah. So, clearly, I don't have anything against them. It's yeah. just that I think we just have to be mindful sometimes of what we read, because I know media won't change. There's nothing we can do about that. No. But if you're a reader and you read stories, like, that's why I'm not even... We can't even see it anymore on social media. Anyway, you can't see on North City, Quebec, or, like, everything's blocked. But let's say it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> this podcast is not blocked no. yet. That's why we're here. Isn't um, this great? <laughs> let's say it wasn't. You always have to keep in mind that, you know, there's always two sides to a story. And I think Absolutely. that's why people, um, they appreciated us coming forward and telling our side of the story because they realized that a lot of it was not what it was and we were portrayed as these horrible people that were just thinking about themselves which is true like there's some a part of it is true and it was it was really bad the way that i was thinking back then and i never actually thought about the consequences i never thought how much money my mom would have to pay for my lawyers how much she would have to get out of her pocket just to come and see me you know it's all things that i never thought about and i and we're still still today she's struggling with it you know it was a lot of money and that's all things that i never thought about and i you know it's one thing to to not have a good reputation it's one thing to lose your freedom it's one thing to come back and have nothing but it's something else when it affects people other than you Absolutely. probably even worse than what yeah. i've you know it broke their hearts for sure your and it parents, broke mine and it for broke real. your heart it yeah. really did and and i always feel like i'm i owe them something and i have to not that i have to stop doing that it's just my mom doesn't feel like i owe her anything you know what i mean and she's your mom you she's my yeah. mom yeah she loves you unconditionally no yeah. matter what happens yeah. even uh during the worst times of your life especially yeah and she was there she for was you. there a hundred percent the the story is I don't tissues are there. I'm sorry, I, I stopped to get some tissues because I thought yeah I, I thought it's such an emotional story, Melina. I'm going to be honest. People were you know it's easy for for late night comedians <laughs> crack jokes. I heard them all when they were going on. I felt honestly because I'm a compassionate person. I felt very bad for you because I saw I got these two young attractive girls and. What happened is is awful. Uh, yes, you made some horrible decisions, um, but you move on. You paid the price, hefty price, five years of your life in jail. There's no doubt in my mind after speaking to you, even watching some of the things online, uh, that you were on mostly French podcasts. You, this is her first English podcast, yes. by the way. Thank you so much. <laughs> I, I love the fact that you chose to drive by uh, first here to tell your story, your real story. But I felt horrible for you because it could have happened. You know, I mentioned this to somebody. They're like, well, it couldn't have happened to anybody. No, I believe it could have happened. This type of story does happen to normal, regular people from a good family, which yeah. is 
your story. It happens because you're a wrong place, wrong time. Maybe you're in need of some financial help. Uh, your your family needs money, whatever the case is, and you do something, you think, ah, whatever. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, you're, you're in jail for five years. So, okay, so you go to the port of, you go to England, and mm-hmm. that's where the cruise ship. It was Ireland. I uh, know. No, you're right. London. In, in England. Yeah. In London, England. Yeah. That's where the Princess Cruise, luxurious cruise liner, uh, that's where you start your, your voyage. Uh, 52 days. When are you arrested? How does that happen? Were you on the cruise for how many days? 52 days? And then you no, arrive in Sydney? How did it happen? We had, I think we had a few more days to go, but we got arrested in Sydney. Yes. So we, were, we did like New Zealand and then Sydney, and we were supposed to do Sydney to... Brisbane, if I'm not wrong, and that was another two or three days. Okay, so this so was day minus three. <laughs> minus three. So this was day like day forty nine. Yeah, whatever. It's like an episode of Big Brother, right? Same <laughs> it's thing. Day forty nine. Yeah, and you arrive in Sydney. Yeah, and you had no inclination as to what was about to happen. No, no. I mean, what I won't the- say I don't have any inclination because I, I have a good sixth sense. Yes, and I felt she felt something. Yes, because you know during the whole trip we didn't had anything um, we didn't have anything in the in the cabin. It's only two days before Sydney that. Back to episode one thirty eight of the Drive By podcast in just a second, but first want to tell you about the place in Montreal with their five locations around the island of Montreal to go to when you're thinking desserts, when you're thinking maybe you're getting ready for a big life celebration, big birthday bash. You want a custom cake done. They've got all the themes. Basically, any theme you want, they can recreate with a cake. That's how good they are. And they've been doing this for a long time. It's Les Delices Lafrenet. Go to lesdelicelafrenet.com or show up to any of their five locations in the Montreal area and create your custom cake. Desserts, when you're heading to somebody's house, you can never go empty-handed. Don't show up to somebody's house without bringing something. Call the Lidelis Lafrenet. Get hooked up with the lobster tails, cannoli, sweets, whatever it is you're looking for. They've got it all there and more. It's Lidelis Lafrenet. Someone on the cruise came to us and said, we need to put the suitcase in your cabin because we're going to get off in Sydney. We're going to check out and come back in to grab the suitcase and get it out. And in my head, I'm like, buddy, once you check out, you check out, you can't come back in. you give back your cards and yeah, there's no way to let you back in. Nothing else. Um, so I started to panic, but I didn't say anything because what can you do anyway? So I had a lot of anxiety and we just left the cabin for the whole day. And when we came back, um, the suitcase was under the bed and the co- the cocaine was in it, obviously. We didn't open it. <laughs> we just knew. Um, and then we left to go to Sydney. So we were in the water for two days. And then Sydney morning, I woke up at around... 5.30 cuz I wanted to see the sunrise. And I woke up and I went in the top deck on the top deck of the boat and I took a picture of the Sydney Harbor. And I went back down. Um Isabel was just getting out of the shower and I said, "Do you want to go for breakfast before we head out?" And she said, "Yes." So she dressed up and we went upstairs, got breakfast and we're sitting down. She's sitting like in front of me just like you right now. And behind her was the whole buffet, like all the tables and the food and everything. 
and I was eating my English muffin and then at some point I just raised my eyes and I saw like a bunch of officers dressed in navy blue and, and it was written it. AFP and I and they were all looking at me walking towards me and I was like fuck that's it and then they came to the table and my heart was like honestly I thought I was gonna like lose concert <laughs> I was I was not well and it's like I was seeing my whole life Flash. you know flashing in front of my eyes and i didn't know it's so rare that i get emotional because i spoke about this so many times i don't know why you're getting with you. emotional with me <laughs> um yeah i could see my my life flash by and i didn't know you know the unknown is very scary especially that kind of unknown like it's you know you did something wrong and it's not like i'm not downgrading someone that's going to drink and drive but i mean If you drink and you get arrested, you pretty much know what's waiting for you. You're going to lose your license. You're going to have a you thing know what's to, coming. you know, I had no clue. So um, they asked us for the both cards and identity cards and everything. We gave it to them. They said, yep, that's them. Took us by the arm and we went down all the stairs um, all the way down. We were on the first floor of the cruise. And then there was this long corridor with our room on the on the end at the end of the corridor was our room on the left side so we're walking and i'm seeing dogs <laughs> so i was like great we're not we're not getting out of this there's no way and they just told us to wait were you speaking with isabel at that no, point we said or nothing. you didn't say anything no 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 i don't think we were in a in a space to talk <laughs> anyway. were you looking at each other no nothing no i was looking down like can you be more ashamed i don't think so um so yeah and we walked down the corridor and then the dogs were there and they told us that they were going to search the room and asked us if we had anything to declare and we said no and they searched and then you hear good boy and you then that's when they you found know it that they so found wait it. they asked you pretty much if you had anything to declare as in do you oh, have anything to are, declare? do you have drugs you <laughs> yeah. know and 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 do you think had you at that point so you said no i said no hoping she said no but any part of you think for a second Maybe I should say yes here. And, no. And, and, no. Hell no. No, hell no. But you know, there's, there's a dog. They're going to find it. I know. It's there. Yeah. Unless they didn't put the drugs in there, but you knew the drugs were in there. So there was I no... I mean, yeah. did we know for a fact... Would that have changed anything? No. If you would have said yes, we like if you were co it's cooperating... It's <laughs> You're incriminating yourself even more. Right, right. Yeah, you know? exactly. Um, so yeah, and they searched it and then they read us... So basically, hang on, hang on. I'm trying to understand this. You thought to yourself... Obviously, they know you have drugs in there, but you thought to yourself, maybe they were planted there and you could go with, we don't know anything about this. That's the angle you were taking, correct, from the start? Well, yeah. Just like any, yeah. just like anyone that's getting caught doing something, doing something wrong, exactly. you deny. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know. You deny, exactly. Like, no, deny, I didn't do this. Deny. So, okay, uh, thinking, okay. We denied. <laughs> yeah, you denied. I get it. We yeah. always deny. Yes, so, exactly. Uh, So yeah, and then they read us our rights and I was crying like a baby and they handcuffed us and walked us in front of everybody, basically. And we got out in Sydney. And they said, if you, if you want to get a lawyer now is a oh, good yeah. time. Yeah, absolutely. You didn't speak to them before getting Never. your lawyer. Never. No, you I watched, was crying. And you watched I couldn't enough even of talk. Those, yeah, and you watched enough of those shows to know that speaking yeah. without a lawyer just gets you in a It's, whole bunch of exactly. you know, danger. And um, yeah, and they drove us to the police station and interview, and then you just say no comment the whole time, and they keep you there for hours hoping that you're going to crack. And I was just 
not i wasn't sleeping but i had my head in my arms and crying 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 just couldn't stop crying and then uh, they get you downstairs you go in a cell for another uh, i don't know how many hours just everything is so long and at some point they moved us to the jail and you had never been never in jail not even, even a, for 24 not hours not even police station <laughs> like i never know. in a police car no nope, never in my life that was it's you know you go all in for the first one and never all again <laughs> no i don't no don't do that anybody uh-huh. but yeah so that's when my uh, happy years started when i got to jail and it was but getting back to the the police station at that point you're you're granted a, a, a lawyer over no, there or do you no, have no, to no. get you have to work have on to that get right away and it's okay. not the time to get a lawyer like when i was in the the interview room i said can i speak to a lawyer and mm. he's like yeah so he gave me the phone and um the lawyer was like what are you there for and i, I told him and he's like Don't where was say. the lawyer in on the phone but uh, it's it, like uh they call it legal, that's right. legal aid legal aid yeah. exactly in australia legal aid, all, yeah lawyer. don't say anything he just said do not say anything yeah. <laughs> so I was and like, you hadn't all right. said anything no no and um so i hung up and at the beginning the police woman was like super nice to me and at the end she was pissed off because i just she was like you're gonna ruin your life and i was like i don't care i'm not saying anything like you're wasting your time i'm not gonna talk about anything <laughs> and i was like even if i wanted to i know nothing anyway so and it's true like i didn't know enough even if i wanted to cooperate i hadn't i didn't really have anything to say you know what i mean yeah. so why put yourself in a worse situation absolutely and people are so um they have different opinion on that because some of them think that i i'm protecting these people by not saying anything but i'm i'm protecting myself and my family you know what i mean First, it's not because yeah. i don't and i don't i think if something needs to happen to them it's not going to be because of me it's just going to be that's you know the journey that they have to go through it's that's going to happen anyway without me having to put myself in a dangerous place you yeah. know so you were both arrested you and isabel and one other person yeah. if i'm not mistaken which was the gentleman right no he was we didn't know that we didn't know him at all but one of the one of the guys one of my was friends? arrested yeah yeah he they weren't both of them weren't on the cruise but there was a man that was arrested yeah, yeah, yeah. with you That's so right. that man was part of the the yeah. six yeah. mules or whatever the case yeah. is he was arrested yeah you and isabel both got five years no isabel got four years three months i think he got the same and i was the last one to get out okay and you were the last one you got five years yeah but wasn't your sentence eight years originally and then they so the way it works is it's the same as in canada so you're gonna get a full sentence and then like the bottom sentence is the time that you have to spend in jail and the top sentence is the time that you have to do in um parole on parole but because i'm not from australia one once i'm released to do my top sentence i don't have a visa i'm not a citizen so i don't do the parole right so the bottom sentence was the time i did in jail and the rest but in saying that i'm still on parole because if i wanted to go back to australia let's you, say next yeah. week i can, can but i have to report oh you have to report I'm, I'm on parole in australia yeah how long do you have to report in australia i for? think it was three and a half years okay. does any part of you ever want to go back to no. australia no i mean i've 
No. I don't care. At that point, I would be like, the I hell mean, with Australia. I think there's a lot of other places oh, yeah, I could go. Exactly. Before yeah, You had your five years at your yeah, uh, all-inclusive uh, in, uh, yep, in Australia, exactly. and it wasn't a fun all-inclusive, no. let me tell you. All right, so you get arrested. You speak to the lawyer. Uh, how long after all that? So then when you finally have the lawyer, where's the lawyer from when you have the lawyer in my lawyer yes your actual lawyer now yeah. that that defends you in court yeah when you get the the legit lawyer yeah. that's going to be with you all the way is from australia no uh, yeah she was an australian lawyer, lawyer okay. so my mom two weeks after i got arrested um her and my uncle flew to australia to come and see me that must have been an emotional uh, that was the hardest truly the hardest part i think not getting arrested, not getting out, not seeing my mom the first time, and like the damn, <laughs> you're making me cry today, I'm Frank. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't mean. Um, I don't mean to. I just. I. Think, I know you don't. I think your I don't story. Know why I'm so emotional. You wrote the books, sans filtre, no filter. But I think. I think the reason why you're getting emotional and you're crying is because we're we're actually talking about what happened mm. from your perspective. It's your story. It's what happened. It's mm. not. What the media is saying, what some documentary is saying, yeah. it's your story and you're, you're telling it. And that's why you're getting emotional. And I feel for you because I could see the face. I put myself in the other person's shoes all the time. I could see my mom showing up in Australia and yeah. I, would, I would immediately start crying yeah. because what have I done? And yeah, yeah. I've that disappointed was the, worst the person that means the most to me, I yeah. would imagine. Yeah, and she was just sitting there. She was shaking, like shaking so bad and I took her in my arms and we were both sobbing like even the officers had teared up because <laughs> everybody knew about the story you know what i mean it was everywhere yeah and um she kept asking me if i was okay like was i eating were people taking care of me and she was so worried like i've never seen my mom so so worried and so stressed and it was i honestly it's like disappointing your parents is like another level it hits different it's just yeah yeah so then we talked and and she was staying for a week with my and thank god my uncle was there i don't know how she would have done it um so her they, brother obviously no it was her sister's um oh, oh, boyfriend right. her, okay. but they were together for many many years yes. so basically he was part of the family yeah. but so they went and saw a few lawyers in australia and they felt like most of them were there only for because it was a high profile case there and it would bring them popularity and which is compensation obviously and, yeah um and then they met my lawyer at a cafe her name was shayana and um when she saw my mom she gave her the biggest hug and she sat next to my mom and she was like had her hand on her on my mom's hand the whole time and um they talked and my mom said like i just fell in love with her i knew she was going to be your lawyer and she and we still talk today like we're still facetiming we stayed really really good friends and she was there from the beginning to the end even when my mom ran out of money she applied because she was a private lawyer so we were paying for her at the beginning and then when my mom was um, not able to pay anymore she asked legal aid to pay the grant so they were giving her her salary, which was way less than what she usually makes. So you felt like, because you, when you watch a lot of these shows on television, you hear about that. The lawyer mm -hmm. really, you know, at some point, they've made money, they've done well, and they know they're getting a lot of publicity yeah. and fame with one of these 
this case being one of the biggest internationally that's come yeah. out in a long time around that time and so she's also they do it pro bono right mm -hmm. or a lot of them or they they work within your means so yeah. you felt she really obviously she was, really, was she a parent does she have a she she fell pregnant like a few months okay. after so like yeah exactly she had so, that mommy exactly you know and Instinct, she, she yeah. was just looking at my mom and she told me afterwards she's yeah. like your mom was so like she was distressed like i've rarely seen you can tell she loves you and like i don't want to she's like i don't care about the money at this point i just want you to get the best result that you can and she stuck to us like it's, it's insane I'll, i'll always be super grateful for this this woman because she changed the whole the whole thing i don't know if we would have got that good of a result if it wasn't her like she, yeah she did everything for us so so that really helped my mom to feel more confident and not stress not stress anymore stress less because <laughs> she knew i was in good hands and then um yeah she she went back home after a week and that was also a very hard moment because i didn't know when i was going to see her again yeah and yeah and that's it i did i did my whole time and there's so much that happened in jail as well like But we could talk about it for hours well i want we have hours <laughs> but what i i'd like to to know is how okay first of all how long after you were arrested did it go to the trial uh, i pled guilty it took about a year and a half at, almost two years at any point did you want to when you were speaking to your lawyer did you want to plead innocent obviously and then the lawyer the said beginning. here's the deal uh you're yeah. not getting off here yeah and right they, they talked to you from, yeah from my years of watching the yeah, show yeah, yeah. so not that i'm no we did plead uh not guilty at the beginning because they didn't really have anything um as far as evidence on me mm -hmm. and that divided a lot um me and isabel as well which is understandable um and that's something that we she had her own lawyer she had her own lawyer yeah. she pled guilty from the get-go um And we, we talked about it and we're in good terms today, but that was like a very big um, disagreement that we had for a long time. We didn't, we didn't really speak for a long time. We spoke when I came back and today we're good. You know, we're not friends, but we're in good terms and I appreciate the conversations that we had. And it just, it, it kind of brought us closure on all of that because that was like pretty much the only thing that was still up in the air. We didn't really know um yeah so your lawyer pretty much tells you your best shot at getting out here is to plead guilty and a trial yeah so we, we stayed we stayed non guilty not guilty for a long time, long time and then when it was about a week before the trial started um and the other man that got arrested with us he also pled not guilty and then both of us were going to trial together because it was the same case and a week before trial my lawyer called me and she said bad idea and i'm not going to mention why but there was just yeah. no way that we would win the trial at this point so if you if you don't win the trial what are you looking at a lot more fucking time than i did double the time i don't even you, remember but it's, it was they, they have yeah. to go with like the books right so the, so books the were, amount of drugs equal <laughs> that amount of years yeah, and, was and she drugs. was like melina you do you're not want to risk it yeah. and so, isabel was already sentenced And she said, you're going to have to get comparative sentence to her because you're the, the co-accused and it's the same amount. And, you know, you're going to get more time, obviously, because you pled guilty later and you pled guilty a week before a trial, which is cost of money to, right. you know. So you got, what, an extra it's, six it's months? It's a lot less. It wasn't six months more? She, no, I had, 
I can't remember now. But you spent, fi- was it five years to the day or Four close year, to Four years, nine months. Okay, so almost, yeah. just under five years. Yeah, so. Um, messed up, man. That's yeah. crazy, five years. Yeah, and then I pled guilty and we, we went to court and I got my sentence and I was pretty happy with it because I thought I was going to do at least six. Um, that's what my lawyer told me. So we were really happy with the result. And then from the day that you know when you're going home, I feel like time, it doesn't go faster, but it's not as painful because now you know when... What date did you get out of jail? 27th of May, 2021. Which has become a significant day. It's it's, it's, (laughs) at 9 a.m. It's it's an anniversary, a big anniversary. That's the day you were free. It is. When you heard, I can just imagine, you're in the court. Was the court... Did it have an audience? Did it have a yeah, lot of people? Sure. Your, your, it was, it was your mom and uncle were... My mom couldn't be there. Okay. But the um, media, this was everybody. massive. Yeah, I saw some of the footage. Yeah. So you're there, and what's going through your mind when the judge is reading the verdict? Any part of you think... Like, what's going through your I mind? I was shaking. And your lawyer was holding your hand? No, my I was alone in a box. <laughs> you were alone? Okay, wait, yeah. so in Australia... So you're like on the side... And the, let's a say plexi I'm sitting here. Yeah. yeah, there's a plexi. You're sitting here and the judge is like up there and then you have the audience here. Were they, I, my lawyer was like maybe two, three meters away from me, but no, she wasn't with me. Right, but usually they do that with criminals and in, in criminal, well, I guess technically yeah. they viewed you as a cr- criminal, but this was happening during COVID. Yeah. So is that why you're in a, because I know Australia was in. It wasn't like completely blocked. But you were afterwards, away. Afterwards, when I got when I got sentenced, my lawyer came to see me, and I was able to hug her. So you were, on, but you were by yourself. I was by when myself the, when yeah. the judge was reading the verdict. Yeah, and you don't understand anything. They just keep blah 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 for like an hour. Yeah, and, <laughs> and then just like, can you just tell comes. me one, two, three, six, seven, <laughs> twenty? <laughs> like, I just want to hear the number. Yeah, and you just want to hear it, and that's the uh, last thing you hear. And I know. You hear the and words. then she said, and I couldn't really understand what she, because I mean. Australian accent is beautiful, but you don't understand much when you come from Canada. Yeah, and, very and, special accent. And you, you were your first language, la langue maternelle is French, <laughs> yeah. and I imagine your French, your English is is excellent, by the way. And I imagine your English got better. I mean, better I lost a jail. little bit of my English because now it's been two years. Okay, since but it's, I'm it's back. very good. Your yeah. grammar is excellent. Everything is good, but you learned all that mostly. In Australia. Pretty much all of it. So when you're there, you're speaking English, broken English, right? I mean, I knew how to speak English, but only like in a, a niche because I was working for the jewelry store. So when you would speak English, it would always be the same words. Same, you yeah, know exactly. what I mean? Like I wasn't having conversations about different subjects. Yeah. Now it look at always, you. I mean, you're I know, it's amazing. It's she one good thing. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I got, um, and she was reading and reading and reading. And at some point I just heard eight and a half years and I was like, what and then i looked at my lawyer and she's like she just did this and i was like okay and she kept reading and then she said um uh whatever four year nine months and then three and a half months on parole and i was like i wasn't sure if i heard right and then i looked at her and my lawyer looked at me and she had no emotion on her face and you just can't you can't show that if you're happy and then um and the judge got up and she just left and she looked at me before she left and like had a little smile and then she left and my lawyer came to see me and she's like are you happy and i'm like i don't even know what she said (laughs) she's like he got four year nine months and i started to cry and we hugged each other and then i was able to go back um to the jail a few hours later and i called my mom the next day so wait and I have to always stop you because yeah. I want to, you know, especially if somebody is just listening to this and they don't see Melina's face here. On, <laughs> it's on YouTube as well, but obviously yeah. if you're listening on Spotify and Apple, you, you don't get to see 
your face and your reactions. You can hear it though, because mm. audio is theater of the mind, but we want to paint a picture. You're guilty, you walk out, they handcuff you. Yeah, okay? always. And then, and then now they bring you back to the jail where you've been housed for how many months prior to the It was almost trial. two years before I pled guilty and got my sentence. So you were already in for, for, two, for years. two years. So that that counts? It counts, thankfully. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. If that would not Okay, so oh, no. obviously that counts. Yeah. And now you go back to the jail. You've been spending two years in jail anyway. So let's now rewind to day one when yeah. you went into the jail. <laughs> yeah. And you walk into the jail. You've never been in a jail before. You've only seen it in movies and these shows that you watch, these crime yeah. shows that you watch. I want to know the, the, the feeling of walking in for the first time and knowing this could be, will be your home for a while. What's going on in your mind? Um, I mean, it was, it was hard because you always have an image in your head of what jail is like because of movies or shows that you've watched or whatnot. And it kind of looks like it to be honest um it's but australia we, but it's not uh, there's it's, no there's it's no not like american jails where right. it's like just cells it, like blocks of cells and tables and what it's it's more it's refined more like little yeah. um buildings. cubicles cubicles or oh, buildings okay. yeah it's buildings with yeah. cells in it and uh when we got out of the truck we still had our handcuffs but everybody knew who we were because it was everybody everywhere on tv so we got off the truck. You and Isabel. Yeah, together. And then uh, as soon as... We women's jail, obviously. Women's yeah, jail, yeah. yes. And as soon as we got in, the the guard that was sitting at reception was like, oh, princess, uh, princess, what did he say? Cocaine princess. He said that out loud. And then there were girls in a cell on our right, and the cell was like a plexi. And they were banging so hard and they were like fresh meat fresh meat and i was like oh my god it's just like in the movies <laughs> we're gonna get like i thought we were gonna get molested raped and yeah. whatever which thankfully it didn't happen but yeah it was very scary i was really scared and it housed how many inmates that particular jail was 372 if i remember right um so yeah, and then we got in and they registered us, made a mistake in my last name and became Roberti. So all of a sudden you're <laughs> so Italian. So everybody was <laughs> Whatever calling Roberti me Roberti. Is. <laughs> yeah. Which is actually, in a Fine. way, I was you like, let it go. Like, maybe one day when I get out, these people can't find me. Yeah, that well, didn't work. But, yeah. Um, yeah, and then we got in and they took us, it took a few hours, but they finally took us to the first cell that we were going to we walked outside and then it was they called it induction so it's like this little building with maybe 30 or 40 cells there and the guard that was walking me down this corridor with like cells on each side the girls were screaming and they were telling you like whatever just mean, mean things mean girls yeah, yeah. The same way men would yell at each exactly. other, like, I'm going to kill you and yeah, stuff like exactly. that. What you see in the movies yeah, is exactly what exactly happens. Exactly the same. You must be terrified of this. this is, I was really uh, yeah, scared, to yeah. be honest. Like, What's going to happen here? Yeah. And, um, and then she took me to that particular cell and she looked at, because there was always a picture of like who's inside. And she looked at the girl and she looked at me and she's like, good luck. And she opened the door. <laughs> Wait, you're sharing a cell with somebody. I'm sharing a cell with this girl that I don't know. I've never met in my life. I speak half English. And I'm a Caucasian 
22 year old female with green eyes and no drug issues you know what i mean like i looked like a baby and i got in the cell and the girl was there was like this table that was fixed on the wall and she was sitting under the table trying to braid her hair but you could tell like she was coming off some drugs or whatever and i you just, still get drugs in, in yeah. jail obviously yeah yeah, yeah. everything um, everything i think so i yeah. mean i never used but no, i know but there was a it. lot of yeah no. there was a lot of drugs going around um and she didn't say hi to me so i sat down on the bed next to her and at some point she asked me where i was from and there was no tv so like she didn't know who i was just yet and then we started to talk and she was she was fairly okay nice with me at the beginning she was a bit hesitant but afterwards she was like oh my god you're so young to be here why and she kept asking asking me all those questions and i was like i can't tell you anything i'm sorry where was she from australia younger as well she was pretty much my age i think okay yeah or maybe like a little bit or older but not much and she was in for how many years not long okay there's a lot of in and outs okay. over there so she wasn't she wasn't there for a long time no and then um finally we went to bed and they never turned off the lights that's the one thing that was like i was so annoyed the lights <laughs> were always a camera on. and a light just fixing you the whole night so, so you I've, really have zero privacy there's no, a camera no there's, not at all and the toilet is there you know you have to sink and do toilet. your business yeah. in <sighs> front of the other one but that's not the worst part i mean today i have no issues with <laughs> <laughs> somebody <laughs> nope no. no problem one day when when you get married or you're or maybe you're living with somebody right now i don't know but uh, no i don't uh, you know it's uh, i always find it awkward i've been uh, with uh, steph for 17 years and it's still awkward like sometimes really? she makes an announcement and i make an announcement like, okay i'm going to the bathroom not not our, you know the one in our bedroom not not that one you could go to the other oh one right God. it's like and then sometimes she's walked in on me or i've walked in on her and she's like get out because it's it's, it's uncomfortable right so can yeah, you course. imagine yeah, four years private. and nine months of yeah. doing your number one and two especially the two and more yeah and the three who knows and uh, you're doing all that stuff in a room with somebody else and it's constant strangers and how many inmates shared with you over the years do you <sighs> a lot i can't even tell you but they wouldn't put you did you ever request going in with isabel no you didn't want to be in no we no. we really separated like at the beginning we were talking and then she started to hang around other girls and i had my own gang and gang i had my own people group yeah. group um and that was it but like i said we weren't really on good terms because of my yeah. decisions. you were mad no she was mad at she me, was mad at you you which were is understandable okay like honestly i do understand her yeah um but at the same time i was so scared back then and my lawyer just told me she's pleading guilty and you're pleading not guilty and it's important that you don't tell her anything like you you don't know what people would will do if they're mad at you you know and she she kind of scared me on some levels so i was like okay i'm just gonna keep everything to myself and she took it as i was trying to hide things from her you know it's just like a lot of misunderstanding um which is understandable which is understandable the predicament that's why i'm not like i'm not mad at her and i don't think she's i think we are in good terms today and the page is turned which is important to me um but yeah so no i don't know how many cellies i had i had a lot of them how many hours a day did you get to spend or first of all uh, we'll do the math quickly how many <laughs> inside the cell and how many Two. outside with the community 
So two per cell, normally two or three. Two people. Yeah. But I mean, how many hours would you spell spend in confinement, and then how many just in freedom? In general, normally, what do they call it? General population. Yeah, pretty or, much. Let go. Let say. go. This is where you let go. <laughs> You're locked in or yeah. let go. Um, I, from what I remember, it was from three thirty in the afternoon that they would lock you in your cell until eight thirty in the morning. That's a long. It's a long of time. time. How big is the cell? Pretty much um, from like your window, maybe this square. This square right here. So maybe a. Like there's a bunk. There's a bunk bed, a toilet, yeah. a sink, and a little. So table. ten by ten, maybe like a twelve yeah. by twelve, something like that. Yeah, it's not okay. not huge, but it's not enough big. for two. And then when you and then when you go out into the general let go, there's a whole bunch of other shit happening out there mm. and the cliques right and there's some women i'm sure i mean it's not necessarily like in the movies like there's no big groups of latinas and big groups of okay. asians and everybody's like in a war it's not like it that. Wasn't only it's that. just like people do their own thing but there I was mean, often fights okay that you fights. wouldn't see yep. necessarily but you would hear it in okay. like other buildings you stayed away from any of that stuff never got into a fight or did it happen that somebody came after you or it happened once okay or you maybe yeah. went after we're not gonna go too right. much into details yeah. but um yeah it was but it, the fights in the jail would happen very often and often you would get locked in because there was a fight so and you're in a jail it's a women's jail obviously yeah. and um it's i would imagine that uh, just like the real world there's gonna be women who are interested in you because you're a yeah, pretty sure. young girl so then you have that to deal with yeah. the same way you would have to deal with uh, men at nightclubs yep. and restaurants and all that you have to deal with that so that i mean it's not a place where you're you know you're not on tinder there no. swiping left and right you're in a jail <laughs> and so that's that that can't be fun having to maneuver i mean that that's not where you're going to find your life mate even if you are interested yeah i mean at the beginning for sure i wasn't in the mindset to <laughs> date anybody um, I just wasn't there at all. My head was not, I wasn't even looking, you know what I mean? Even if you could show me the hottest girl, I wouldn't, I just wasn't well. I was very depressed, very, very anxious all the time. Up until I got sentenced. After I got my sentence, like things calmed down a little bit in my head. And I was able to just go through my days. But no, at the beginning, I just hated it. I hated everybody that was coming to tell me I was whatever pretty hot bitch <laughs> yeah and i'm and i'm sure you're hearing it a lot right every day you're... yeah i mean at the beginning it was worst afterwards people know who you are you know it's not it's not gonna happen every day mm -hmm. and i'm not miss america either so it's i just think that every new girl that was coming in there was always comments about that person and then it would fade away mm -hmm. um but after i got my sentence i was about two years in I was in jail um, I met this girl from Brazil her name was Renata and I talk about her in the book as well and we started to talk a lot and she was there for the same reason as me she imported drugs but it was on a plane and um, we got very close because I think we could relate on a lot of things as well like she didn't have any family in Australia she was there for a few years as well 
and I was always bisexual my whole life. Oh, okay. So it's not a new, it's not yeah. like a get in jail type of yeah, thing. Yeah, you didn't become no. bisexual in jail. You were. No, so, I was. I just yeah. never was in a, a serious relationship with a girl. Yeah, but is that something, I mean, you would imagine you keep... A lot you of keep girls do that. A lot of girls do a that. A lot yeah. of girls are straight outside. And then they and become... And they come in yeah, jail. Well, they get with girls and they go out and back with their husbands. Yeah, like it's, which is what I imagine. Which but, is what people thought of me. <laughs> yeah, but you were, so you were a bi f to start with when you ended up in, in jail. You started a romantic relationship yep. with her for how many years? Two years. You still speak to her? Yeah, we do. She's nice. in a relationship now in Brazil. A Girl? woman. Yeah, she was lesbian she was, all her life. She's okay. never been with a guy. And um, we separated because it was her time to go home. And we weren't going to continue the relationship when I still had 14 months to go. Mm -hmm. So it was just stupid. And, you know, we didn't meet in real life. And I don't know that it would have worked out in real life. I just think, like, at the end of the day, we we really did love each other deeply. But it was also comforting to have someone that understood your feelings and how tough it was. It was so tough. Honestly, some days I just, I wanted to give up so bad. I was like, I don't know. I don't even know why I keep going. You know, and she was there to like bring me back and say, Melina, like your family is waiting for you. You know, it's your mistake. It's not your mom's mistake. Your mom shouldn't have to go through what she's going through right now. And on top of that, live with the fact that her daughter didn't want to be here anymore. Like, come on. So she was like really harsh on me, but it was that's exactly what I needed. So she went home and I did the rest of my time. And um, I got out and I was in a relationship with a guy for a year and a half. And then we ended up the relationship. And since that relationship, I haven't dated any other men. Oh, only women. Only women. And so you were in a relationship with a guy. Did he? Did you have a past with? No. No. You met him. And was he, was he familiar with who you... He knew everything. He knew the whole story. Much. And he was okay with it. Yeah. Okay. And he was like a very, very, very good person. Like amazing he was literally the perfect guy on paper. Like, it's just me. I'm, I'm special. <laughs> but you're single now? I'm single now. Okay. But, um, yeah, I just, um, I don't know. After him, I think I never actually got to experience fully my sexuality with women. And that's something that I wanted to do. And now I don't, I don't necessarily have a preference but i think i'm more inclined towards women than men and do you from think my observation and do you think that has anything to do with the fact that you spent that time and you were around women only women for almost five years no i don't think so no. i just think that before jail i didn't think i would be able to be in a relationship with a woman just because i don't i am a woman but i'm not like how can i say I don't have a lot of girlfriends because I feel like women are inclined into gossiping and it's just a lot of things that doesn't really click with me. And I thought it's going to be a shit show if I'm in a relationship with a girl, you know what I mean? Like already hormonal on my own <laughs> dealing with someone else. I don't know, but it's two not, girls. <laughs> I mean, it's not even, yeah. you can't really compare. It's different, but your mom was uh, aware of your sexuality all the my time before? My mom knew that I knew? was... My mom knew I was open, okay. but it's not something that we necessarily discussed, discussed yeah. before. It's not something you necessarily And when I told her talk. with Renata, yeah. she was happy for us. Like yeah. she didn't, And my dad. They never actually said anything. And that's one thing I'm so lucky because mm -hmm. I know some other... Like I hear horror stories with parents that are like, I'm, 
I don't accept it. And, you know, my mom's like, as long as you're happy. Mm -hmm. Your mom came to visit you in jail? Five times. Throughout the course of five years. So yeah. maybe about once a year? About, yeah. And some I think one year she came twice. Okay. And it's, how long? the? Okay, so she would come for how long? A week or two. From what I remember, it was like, normally it was a week. Because she knew no one. And she so gets a she, place near the jail? Yeah, she would get either Airbnb or hotel. And um, it was close to the jail. And she would come. We had ex extended visits. So it was from morning to afternoon. She had like a lunch break. But we, we could see each other all day. So you can imagine like... Privately? Privately. Amazing. I mean, privately. Well, it's tables. There's, there's so a guard? Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, Just like yeah. The there were, there's other people. Yeah. But we speak people, French. Nobody yeah. understands Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, so we could literally talk about anything. But yeah. you can imagine like five, not, but well, five days a week where you see your mom almost five or six hours a day. The amount of things that we talked about, like there's nothing my mom doesn't know about me. You know, she became my best friend pretty much even today. Um, I don't think it's a relationship I would have ever had with her if this didn't happen. I know that for a fact. But yeah, I was lucky. I was so lucky to have my mom. She looks, know. I've seen her on a few or a podcast, French podcast yeah. with you. She looks like a very sweet lady that she had is. to go through she forgets herself too much, though, yeah. but she's very... Well, they, yeah, moms always seem to do that. My mom puts my, yeah. you know, me, my, my sister and I first all the time. She forgets, you know, she would uh, literally, you know, when they say a person would give their, their shirt off their back for you. That's, oh, she yeah. did. She freaking did. That's for sure. Yeah. But I think it's important for her not to forget about herself. And I don't think she necessarily... I think her whole life, she pretty much did it for her kids, you know? And even me, like when I was younger, one of the reasons why I did that trip was because I did not know my capacities in anything. Yes, I was working. Yes, I was a manager for a jewelry store. Yes, I know I was skilled in managing, obviously. And I was good with people. But I didn't have any faith in myself. And I didn't think that I was able to do things. And like if someone would give me an opportunity, I would always say no. Because I was, I was like, I don't know how to do that. Well, everything that you know how to do today is because you actually tried to do it and you noticed that you were able to. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing that I think we need to do more is stop saying no to opportunities because we're scared. And I'm not saying criminal opportunities like I did, because if it doesn't align with your values, you should never do it. And that clearly didn't align with mine. Um, but I think that's, it's just, like we don't trust ourselves enough, you know? And since I started saying yes, like with you today we talked about a bunch of things earlier that could potentially become something yeah and if i would have said no because i've never done it then who knows where i could be next year you know yeah you're more open-minded i guess i'm no? so yeah. open-minded and i'm mm. like so what if i don't know how to do it my whole career as a hairdresser is taking chances and risks because i've never ever been to school never you, I, you finished I, high school I finished high school. And that's it. But mm. in terms of hairdressing, I've never, I don't have any diploma, certificate. Okay. You learned I, it on your own. I learned it all on my own. Were you doing it in jail? Except extensions, or? cutting, coloring, everything. I don't uh, have balayage? any. Balayage, what's that called? Balayage, yeah. uh, it's my <laughs> boss that showed me once. And then since then, they're just like, if I have questions, I'm going to go and see them. But I, I have to trust myself, you know? Yeah. And that's one thing that people struggle is they don't, they don't trust themselves to be able to do things. And that's one thing that my mom is lacking is she you know i feel like before i was the person that was lacking trust in myself and now i have so much that now she relies on me a lot to help her mm -hmm. 
and it's not that i don't want to help her like my mom started a new business not long ago and but she didn't do any research in what it what is it to start a business what do you need to do what's your plan what's the food cost whatever she didn't know any of it she just left her job that she was there for 30 years because she just couldn't do anymore and it's understandable to start something else but she had no necessarily she had nothing like no foundation and i feel like she relies on me a lot to help her and i'm i do help her but i know she relies on me because she doesn't trust herself and she doesn't think she's capable of doing all of it on her own i know she can so i'm a bitch sometimes and i'm like mom <laughs> You know, you're not doing it in the right way. Just go do your research and I'm going to help you afterwards. It's not my business, it's yours. So I'm, I am a bitch sometimes. But it's also because I learned the hard way how to do things and how to make good decisions and what happens if you don't make good decisions or if you don't think about it enough. And that's what I want her to understand as well. And I think, to be honest, like I'm not telling people to import drugs in another country and do five years of jail to learn anything. <laughs> yeah. But what I'm saying is... If you always do what makes you feel and makes you stay in your comfort zone, you're not going to accomplish much. You know, you have to get out of it and be uncomfortable in doing things. And as long as you don't do anything criminal, if we yeah. stay like in the legal side of, of things, course, don't, saying yeah. yes to opportunities is actually going to make you come out of your shell and try and at least like fake it till you make it. But I freaking <laughs> faked it. My whole career as a hairdresser was faking it, faking the fact that I was good at cutting hair. Like now I'm good, but I'm not perfect. And, but that's how I made it. And mm -hmm. today I have amazing clients and i work in a very highly respected salon in montreal and i've never i never thought one minute that i would be there today like ever i have a friend of mine who's a, a stylist and um she's now overseas she's a big stylist you probably know uh, maggie saman yes you know who maggie is? is that your friend there's a friend of mine oh yes. my God. i've invited her to come on the podcast to talk but then i said well you know maybe gonna... maybe i could co-host if she comes yeah exactly i think maybe you <laughs> should just do the podcast but uh because we're going to talk about hair but there's so much more to talk about with her because of the people that she works with in uh, overseas in, in um, mm -hmm, for sure. Dubai. She's in Dubai doing right. things. And then she's at New York Fashion Week. And then she's doing hair for the, the, these big personalities who are on TV shows that you even see on Netflix wow. and all that. Everything she always told me about she was going to do, she did it. And she was focused, but never with any delusion. You know, she was focused. She, yeah, yeah. she knew this is what she needed to do. And I remember she was calling herself an international hairstylist at the beginning <laughs> when maybe she wasn't, she knew. but she had the vision. And yeah. guess what? She is now and she is doing that. So when I see your page and I see what you're doing, and that's why I know about Bali. I don't even know what Baliage is, but anyway, I see. And then my, <laughs> you just know my, the word. I just know the word. It's good. It's and good I go start. there and she, she, I haven't cut my hair. It's been a while because I, I go to her salon and now she, she's left. But actually, my cousin works with her. Two cousins have worked with her at her salon. So it's I, I have this whole new respect for people that uh, do hair because you make people feel good. Yeah. And you turn their, I guess, their vision into reality. In, into reality. So uh, we it's try. Something. And you're like, <laughs> if it's doable. <laughs> exactly. And 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 a hairdresser is very much like a therapist. Um, you hear. I, th I think we should be paid a little bit exactly. more just for that. But I love talking to my clients, right. so I don't mind. Yeah, and it must be okay. So, do your clients ever ask you questions, almost like you're on a podcast all the time? Do you get tired um, of, or do they know? Not do, all of them, but the no. ones obviously. Some of them know. Some of them, when they write to me on Instagram for their appointments, 
they're they're just gonna say like how's your book doing mm-hmm. they're never gonna actually ask yeah. me questions and i think <laughs> my chair is not the place for me to talk about that story either I absolutely think. yeah you no know? of course like, not yeah and i try i'm very big i'm i have a um attention problem you're a little add ADD? yeah very much so do not i hyper so add <laughs> <laughs> and um so i really <laughs> i need to concentrate when i work and if if i have a big conversation first of all it's going to take me twice the time to do your hair and i don't necessarily have twice the time to do your hair so i try to like focus on my work but if if they do talk to me about the story i will respond and i will answer and i will tell them what they want to like what they're they're seeking for as the answer but i'm not gonna like you i'm not gonna like keep on talking about it like, am i doing that am i keep on talking <laughs> no but i mean we're here for that Sweet. today we're here you know for that. yeah exactly so yeah. that's fine but of course people are going to be curious and i can't like if i didn't want to talk about it then don't write a freaking book you know i wrote a book because i still want to talk about it and yeah. i come to podcasts because i still want to talk about it and I, well because it's therapy right it's I therapy mean, and it's important for people to hear it yes because it's it's still there and it's more than ever there all the the social media aspect all the i want this but not like in two years i want it tomorrow you know and people focus so much on like the failures instead of focusing on what they've achieved which is stupid and that's why we're so negative all the time is because we're drilled into thinking that if you don't look like this or if you don't have this then you're not it like you're you're not it's not going to work out or you're not good enough you know if you want to climb up a 12,000 feet mountain and you're up to 5,000 and you're you have two ways of thinking like you can say oh fuck like I'm never ever gonna reach 12,000 feet it's too high or you could say oh my god I just fucking climbed 5,000 and I only have this left and I, (laughs) I know I'll do it and then analyze what you did wrong and why it took you so long to reach 5,000 and figure out what you can do for you to be better for the rest like and that's that's also why sometimes I have I struggle to to get along with people is because my way of thinking is so much different than everybody else and I'm not expecting anybody to think like me ever because I was fortunate enough to learn something from what happened to me and not let it affect me negatively always because it did affect me negatively at some point um, but everything I've taken away from that was mostly positive or if not i try and turn it into something positive mm-hmm. and your experience can also help other I younger people will. as yeah. well you know they'll, they'll see you and people who have gone through a tough time and see how you've rebounded because i'm not just saying this i can tell based on you know i have good reads on people that's why i play poker <laughs> and and, <laughs> and i can tell that this was obviously a uh, very tough, difficult moment in your life, but you've turned it into a positive and you're not moving on, you've moved on. I have moved on. And just because you talk about it doesn't mean that you're stuck in the past. It's the experiences that you had in the past that make you the person that you have today. You hear that all the time. Well, in your case, it really is. And I'm sure you don't... We shouldn't have any regrets in life. And I'm sure you, you do wake up and think, oh, had I done this? That's a normal yeah. feeling as a human being. Yeah. Maybe, you know, had I gone left instead of turning right or had I just gone down the road? I really feel that life, you know, some people feel that destiny, 
touches all of us and it's on this thing you know it's like it's your destiny this was supposed to happen but i'm very much a person about its circumstance and had you not been with that person that night that introduced you to the this would have never happened never. so it's circumstance it truly is because you were wrong place wrong time or right place right time or right place right time that we go through the moments that we go through in life and so i'm excited that people are gonna well they're watching listening in maybe if they're going through a, a struggle or a tough time in life they can see your story melina and realize that you could persevere you could go through anything because go i can't you know i could sit here ask all the questions like i've done but to really truly understand that's what i'm trying to get a grasp yeah i did for the last hour and a half or so here on the, the drive-by to really understand what it was like what was going through your mind from the inception of this whole yeah. crazy story and there's so much more and there's so much more talk about which like. is uh in the book <laughs> no english version yet no. sans filtre no filter the translation in english i didn't buy the book yet i was waiting to find out because i was looking everywhere if there was an english ver version yeah And Melina Not told yet. me when we were just pre-podcast sitting down and talking that there's no English version, but there may or may not be, she said to me. And I didn't want to be too influenced by a book. That's why even when I watched some other French podcasts after 10 minutes, you know, they were an hour long, whatever, I decided I don't want, I want to ask the questions that yeah. I ask. Yeah, for sure. And make it this about what my podcast is all about, getting to the root of what was going on with you. And it's about you. And it's your story. And no matter how people have painted it or the media has painted it, this is your true story. Hmm. Not the book version, but the audio no. or visual if yeah. you're watching. So where do we go in terms of, where do you go from here now? So you're a, a hairstylist. What's next for you? To be honest, I don't even know if I'm going to be a hairstylist for the rest of my life. It's truly um, something that I adore doing like i love having my clients come over and get a big change and seeing them feel good about themselves but like we spoke earlier i feel like i have more in me to do more i don't want to say than just be a hairdresser but i mean i don't know i feel like i have a bigger purpose which i don't i can't really tell you what it is right now Um, because you don't know it yet or because, because I don't know it yet. you think about it every day i'm sure i and think about to, it all yeah. the time and i don't want to you know do a big move and regret it after so that's why i'm very big on like taking my time yeah. <laughs> over decision making um i do want to do conferences in high school and college and youth centers it's something that takes time i've been talking about it for a long time I have procrastinated because before I felt like I wasn't stable enough in my life to go through with it and to, you know, talk about life and being stable and, ha you know, working and I just wasn't there yet. I wasn't stable. I didn't even have my own place. Like I was always doing Granby Montreal, Montreal Granby to work and sleep at a friend's place and a girl that I was dating and whatnot. So I just wanted to be stable and now I'm starting like I had I have my own place since July this year in Montreal um, in Laval in Laval okay. in Laval that's where all my family lives <laughs> <laughs> and um and I'm really good and work is so much better than it's very hard to be um not <laughs> to not have a paycheck every two weeks like you have to do your own 
and it's very demanding um, time-wise. So conferences are very much something that I want to start up next year. So I'm giving myself another two months to finish it off and then send it out to schools and everything in beginning of next year. Um, but apart from that, to be honest, I'm very open. When you spoke to me earlier, I was like... Don't give it all away, by the way. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> saying anything, but it's, um, it's always like whenever it's about speaking and interacting with people, it's always something that's going to speak to me a lot and something I can relate to and something I enjoy doing. And it's not something I've actually um, tried a lot. Like I've done podcasts, but not long ago I went I went um, to Getznu, and I was invited for the rehab gala, which is like a whole bunch of people that are recognized for the cha the difference that they're doing in the rehabilitation system in Getznu. And I was invited to be the guest of honor. <laughs> and I've never like I did podcasts. It's not I'm not speaking in front of an audience. And weirdly, I wasn't even nervous. I was like, it's going to be fine. And I had a friend with me and she was like, aren't you like stressing out right now? And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm if it's if it goes wrong, it goes wrong. And I'm just not made to do this. You're made to do something along these lines, because I saw you. I'll let you finish. You were yeah, so you had a, live, a live audience, in front a live of audience and not like 5000 people. It was like a small audience, but still still. And I got on stage and I sat down and I was like sort of an interview like we're doing right now, but with someone talking to me and asking me questions. And I was, it was like, no one was there. And I thought, how am I, like even my mom, she was like, how the hell do you do this? You would ask me to speak in front of five people and I would be shaking. And I, I was like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm comfortable doing it. And it's something that I do want to maybe look into because I think, Like you said, there's not a lot of people that are able to do that or be comfortable doing it or that can express themselves the right way for, for an audience. And I know I still have a lot of work to do, but it's something that I would be interested in. But like I said, there's so many options out there. I wouldn't know where to start. Um, you also have to be partnered with the right people yeah. and the right intentions. And I'm sure there's going to be people from everywhere trying to get your attention, try this, do this, if they haven't already. Mm. But there's one thing I told you before we started the podcast is I realized from the stuff I was watching on YouTube how comfortable you are. And I had the same reaction. And I remember telling my wife just a few weeks ago that not everybody, okay, first of all, everybody and their dog, I always talk about this. <laughs> What? And their aunt and uncle have a podcast. Everybody has a podcast. Uh, okay, okay, yeah. Everybody, everybody has a podcast. I, yeah, it's it's it. easy. Well, it's, it's not easy, but anyone could start a podcast yeah. nowadays. You walk into any store, you get, get the equipment, mic. get yeah. any mic. They don't even have to be, you know, high level podcast mics and anybody could, could talk and do it. But I'm still a proponent, having done it for a long time, that having done broadcasting, and this is broadcasting of some sort, it's just a new broadcasting. Mm that you have to have natural ability, you have to have talent, you have to have skill, you have to be able to speak comfortably, you have to be able to make it as natural as possible. This has felt really natural. Like I'm just talking I to you. I think we get along too. It's we get along. Like there's no... <laughs> we get along. And, and you know, I just, I could tell, even without even, I've never met you. I've never seen hmm. you. You DM me. I was going to DM you. You I DM know, me first. Funny. Weird. We That's were talking crazy. about this. And I could just tell by watching you on your social media that you have this natural ability to speak and comfortably and not everybody has that mm. as i said too many people doing it 
not everybody has the natural ability. Not everybody should. <laughs> not everybody should. And they don't. So it's just a matter of figuring out who you would speak to, what, what content, would what would we talk mm. about, stuff like that. Maybe it's not necessarily a, a podcast. Maybe it's who knows what it is. But you have this. I'm going to go and tell you the weather today. Yeah, no. not the weather. Exactly. <laughs> so the weather, traffic, all that stuff we leave for, you know, the old ways of doing stuff, which I did for many years. But we've moved beyond that. We're two people, three people, four, doesn't matter how many, could sit together with microphones, turn on something, and boom, you're there instantly. Mm. It's really wild. And based on your life, what you've done, you're, like your mom said, maybe you did come out of your shell. And the experiences that you had brought you to this point where you're like, fuck it, I don't give a shit. I could talk to anybody. I've been through hell and back, mm. and there's nothing that's gonna ever make me feel uncomfortable. You don't like it, you don't like it. Here's my story, Melina, and there we go. So I think that's the point where you're at. So with anything you execute in life, whether it's hairstyling or maybe your, your next thing mm -hmm. that you wanna do, uh, you're gonna be able to do it because you're comfortable in your own skin. And that's the number one thing, the most important thing when you're doing that kind of stuff is mm -hmm. to be comfortable with who you are and not be afraid to say what you want to say. Now, we may have different opinions on things. That's great. You don't want to have the same opinion. It would be boring. If, if we were doing something different now and it's you and I just chatting, mm -hmm. you don't want to agree with everything, but you want to have the mutual respect to sit across from each other and do it over and over again and say, hey, I, I like Frank. I like how he thinks. I'm not really on the same page mm -hmm. here. And oh, I like how Melina said, oh, I don't know about, but we could have yeah. a conversation about it. And I think that's the important thing with anything you do in that milieu, right? Yeah. Uh, on those platforms. I think that's maturity as well. That's just maturity. in general to be able to yeah. have a conversation without necessarily just agreeing all the time with the other person. Absolutely. Like, so many people, they just don't say what they actually think. And that's confronting. Like, I know a lot of people are uncomfortable with me sometimes. Um, what do you think? when my friends are asking me advice or they're asking me my opinion on a situation that happened or something that they did, I always tell them, if you're not ready to hear what I have to say, do not ask me because you know I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Good. It's just going to come out the way it is. And unfortunately, that's how I am. And even my mom, like we got into a fight last week and she was like, you know, your way of thinking is not always the right one. And I said, I know truly it's not the right one because I know I'm way too harsh I know I say things and I should have more of a filter, but I don't. And I can try and be nicer, especially to my mom. Like I should really be more <laughs> gentle. <laughs> Poor mom. Um, but sometimes parents get the brunt of it, you know, like I know. all of you. Not but just, I try to help her, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like sometimes I'm harsh with her, but it's just because for me, for me to understand something, you have to like put it in my face, you know? And that's what I try and do with people. And I feel like at the end of the day, it still works. Maybe not right off the bat because they get frustrated that I, I said my truth and I said what they didn't want to hear. Oh, Melina, in 2023, you can't tell the truth anymore. I know. When you're too honest about I whatever. too many years. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't, keep mean, up, <laughs> I didn't mean it like that, but, but, I, but it's, I find the re one of the reasons why I started this podcast after you know my radio career ended and didn't officially end but it mm. uh, hasn't been anywhere in, four, yeah. in the last four years but i realized that things change you move on and i don't want to do anything in life now 
where I get micromanaged, told what to do, canceled. If you don't want to cancel me, cancel me all you want. If you don't yeah. want the truth, go listen to somebody else that's going to feed you a bunch of stuff that makes you sleep well yeah. with your head on their pillow at night. Yeah. La, 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 la. But I'm, gonna, I'm like you. I'm going to tell you exactly how I feel, my thoughts, but I believe in that first and foremost. I believe in freedom of speech. So you're able to tell your story the way you want. What happened? Oh, boy. <laughs> we don't have any memory. <laughs> yeah. Where were we at? The video just cut out and uh, <laughs> we're back. This doesn't mean anything if you're watching, but my video uh, card basically ran out and uh, had to restart the video. That's never happened. We talk too much. And I've far. had, well, I, Melina, I've had people uh, stay here. We're approaching two hours, but I've had people, a couple of people here approach three hours right. and one past three hours. So uh, I like to talk too, but uh, <laughs> we're going to wrap things up. Yep. I wanted to ask you. Uh, before, do you remember what we were talking about before the video went off? I don't remember. Oh, about being true to yourself, being an independent thinker and having the freedom to say what you yeah. want to uh, say, which is what you're about. Sans filtre, uh, no filter. <laughs> I wanted to ask you about on your left hand, well, you have two tattoos. Yeah, this is my dad's um, year of birth. 1967. And, yep. And this is, um, <laughs> it's written Moses d'affaires. And that's my, do you know what that means a little say, bit? Say it, which one? Moses Dafar. It's like a saying I, when you say like, oh my God. Yeah, Moses Dafar. Okay. Yeah, so that was my mom's mom that passed away this year. Um, and she always used to say that when she was like overwhelmed with, <laughs> if I was telling her a story that was like some shit that happened to me when I was a little bit too advanced in alcohol. Like she was, she thought it was funny, but she'd be like, oh, Moses Dafar all the time. <laughs> so you just and got a tattoo. And she passed and I got it tattooed because... I always feel like she's with me all the time. That's nice. Yeah. And the two tattoos, the reason I, I'm not doing <laughs> tattoo talk, but the reason, yeah, I mentioned that is because they're predominantly visible yeah. uh, at the same spot on both your hands. Yeah. So I thought. Oh, I mean, I wanted, I wanted this one to look like a stamp when you go to a club. Yeah. I, I don't know. I feel like my grandma needs to be remembered and seen all the time so everyone that's been asking me what it is it's like oh that's my grandma like i don't want to forget i'll never forget about her but i never want to stop talking about her because that's one person i still have the video on my phone i'll show you that's one person not like a few months before she passed when did she pass away this year my, uh, april she basically said on the video and she didn't know i was filming her but she was like basically telling us that you we had to like stop wasting our time with like stupid shit and just get up and go and do what we want and have fun and not you know work somewhere that we hate or that basically life is short and she was telling us to go dance also but yeah and she was like such a she was such a beautiful person and she had never anything negative to say never ever 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 even considering, considering what happened and that she was always never. there for you. She was just, when I told her I had a girlfriend, no, I told her I was in a relationship. Well, let's so start, I called hang her. on, before the girlfriend part, what about the whole going to jail? Yeah, that well, must have, she was crying so yeah. much when I got arrested, but when I, once I was in jail, I yeah. was calling her sometimes, or when I called my mom, my, my grandma was at home with yeah. her, and we used to talk, and I, I, I used to call her Monesti like Whoa. we were close you know what i mean that like, is very close to call we were like yeah you know she was punching she was like the best grandma ever but we were really really <laughs> close like i was calling her i'd be like hey i want to see a spit yeah. which is see? a swear word it's a swear word really bad like with, uh, it's, it's bad but it was dab like <laughs> tabernacle uh <laughs> yeah. christian tabernacle thing, yeah. Yeah. she it was just anyway and um 
And I called her when I was in jail and I just started to date the girl. And she was like, oh, you know, what's new with you? And I was like, I'm in a relationship. And she told me, where did, like, how did he come in? <laughs> I was like, no, oh, no, no, grandma. It's a, it. And it's a woman. And she was like, Meh. Meh. okay. <laughs> stop it. And she never believed me up until like her last day on earth. She always thought I was joking. And I was like, Grandma, I'm, I'm with a woman. She was like, no, no, no. She didn't want to have a bar of it. She was so funny. And how old was she? She passed away? Uh, 84. Yeah, you know, we learn a lot from um, those generations. Yeah. Elder people, you know, when they say, in, in the beginning when you're younger, you feel like they're nagging you or they're like, oh, yeah. But then you realize you hit a certain age, which you hit that age with all the experience that you have and everything you went through in your life. And you realize her words what they meant. mean to you meant and what they still mean to you yeah. now that she's passed on yeah so the book is called sans filtre no filter no english version yet you want the english <laughs> version you got the drive-by podcast yeah, but subscribe button on drive-by exactly and if you have to put it in google translate put it in google translate whatever you need to do i don't know how you're gonna do it cut and paste you know what if i it's think online, there is an maybe, app though that you can translate you could do books. that yeah yeah until like what you told me before the podcast and there may or may not be an english version you don't know probably not i don't think so i'm gonna get it because now i want to read it especially after uh, meeting you melina and having this conversation two-hour conversation Damn, with you it goes so fast and this was episode 138 of the drive-by podcast please five start on spotify or review and comment on apple and uh, you'll get to see it as well if you want to see uh, melina and uh, hopefully she's not mad at me for making her cry a couple of times but <laughs> no. i don't think it was me that made you cry <laughs> no, it was the conversation you. yeah and it was it was a yeah an amazing this is no doubt one of my favorite podcasts Aww. that i've done 138 episodes because you're the real deal i've enjoyed chatting with you i wish you the best of luck with That's whatever so nice. you do in your future and i hope we keep in touch your smile really lights up the room and i'm the only person one man <laughs> show here doing the uh, podcast thank you and i wish you nothing but success you wrote this book don't judge a book by its cover even though all the information is in the book and you heard it here today on the drive-by mm. there is somebody behind everybody the real person and you find out all that stuff about the person when they sit down here like you have and have the conversation you did with me today i've learned a lot about you merci beaucoup thank you, thank you so much for having me i appreciate it yeah thank you thanks so much for listening to episode 138 of the drive-by podcast it is sponsored by les delices la Frenet. you can't go to somebody's house i know i'm italian and and maybe you're not and maybe you don't do it this way but you can't go to somebody's house when you're invited over as a guest empty-handed so the next time just check out les delices la Frenet. Voted Montreal's top bakery and dessert shop year after year. Go in. They have an assortment of great desserts. I personally love their mini cannolis. I love the full-size cannolis. I'm not going to lie, but I don't think I need the full-size cannolis. You could get the full-size. I get the mini cannolis. They have those too. And my favorite, their lobster tails are this big. Like they're literally, they're this big. I, gotta, I have to cut them in three. Maybe I should cut them in four. That's how big they are. And they have an assortment of great desserts and more everything else check out the newly expanded la Frenet brossard one of the five locations around the montreal area when you head in there uh, say hi to anthony great staff check them out and for your custom cakes and all of your life's celebrations you could get anything you want to design they'll help you design it at les delices 
Drive-By Podcast, brought to you by OwnSpace. Space.